0: Today, I want to start out by playing a little game of charades, okay? Okay, good. Somebody's going to do it. Thank you. We're going to do, I'm going to ask something out, and you yell it out, and once I hear the answer, we'll do it. Now, all these charades have to do with the heart, okay? Is this on? Am I? uh, Okay, okay? Okay, good, 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 good. All right, Harry's the first one. Heart attack, that's right. Hopefully I don't have one today. Okay, this next one, pretend Gwen's over there. In love, that's right, a heart in love. Okay, and then Gwen goes away. Yes, yes, there we go, good. You guys are good. Our hearts can have all kinds of conditions to them, right? Medical conditions that we, you know, there's a million different ones, but, but you know, they can be full of joy, they can be stressed out, Uh, they can be angry, they can be at peace. Our heart, the the center of our being as the Bible looks at it. You know, today in our series on Exodus, what I'm going to do is talk about the contrast between Pharaoh's heart and Moses' heart. And it's exposed in the section Chris asked me to talk about, is all through the plagues. And basically, we're looking at uh, uh, Exodus 4 through 10. See, I think we can learn, as we do this, we can learn a lot about our own heart, about the condition, if you will, of our soul. And and in this, at the end, what I'm going to do is invite the Holy Spirit to actually speak to us about that condition. We're going to interact with the Almighty God at the end of this. So here's my first point. Our choices dictate the condition of our heart. See, what we do, think, and say actually shapes our heart. It conditions it in one way or another. It is in a positive way or a negative way, but our heart kind of captures all that goes on in in our being it, it um, biblically you can have either a, a hard heart or a soft heart and our choices decide that it, it's kind of like you know like soil right soil is kind of neutral but what you do to it either enhances it or can make it worse for its purpose Let me give you an example. When I went to college, there was this this cut across the lawn that everybody made. There was no sidewalk. The sidewalks were like this big rectangle, but everybody had a cut across this one building. And that path got so beaten down that there was no grass. And because what people did, walking on it every day, everybody, all the time, it pounded it down, so it was so hard, it was like a uh, sidewalk. I mean, it was hard as cement. And so eventually, the administration decided, we didn't like this path through there, but we're not going to put a sidewalk through it. And so what they did, they changed their actions. Or what they, The way they thought about that piece of soil and what they did, so they kind of built a little fence at the beginning on each side, and then they brought in a, roller, a rotor tiller, and, tilled up the dirt and made it soft and they put some fertilizer and some top-notch seed and they watered it and and it was now a beautiful lawn complete without this path through it what they did changed the condition of the soil what we do say and think changes the condition of our souls Let, let me read you a few scriptures around this the first one is from proverbs and in this one, it's the Holy Spirit-inspired story about this, this father giving this advice to his child. And he says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, one of those things we do that makes our hearts soft is we, we trust in, we, we, we believe, we, we rest in the promises that God has made for us. We don't let the circumstances dictate our attitude and our fears. We let the word of God speak to our heart, that the word of God dwells in the heart. And then it says, and lean not on your own understanding. Don't just let your own mind play it. Lean on the mind of God, the truth of God, the word of God, the spirit of God leading you. Now, these are choices, right? You can choose to trust or not trust. You can choose to lean this way or that way. But in all your ways, submit to him. That's a choice to say, I will do the will of God. That's submission. I'm not going to do just what feels right to me or good to me or is most comfortable for me. I'm going to do what the word of God says. And then he will make your path straight. As we submit, our heart gets right, and he guides us with that right heart. Earlier in this passage, he, he says this. He says, let love and faith. See, let it. it it's a choice that we make at what we're going to do. And this he's saying, let, let the sense of love, compassion, faithfulness to what God says. Let that be in your heart. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Choices that are core to our heart, condition, the way we move through the world. Proverbs later in that book says this. Do not let, see there's again a choice of what we do in our heart, what we think, what we dwell on, what we meditate on, how we respond to that cranky boss, how, how we respond to this this habit that we have that we know is destructive do not let your heart envy sinners and don't let your heart lean over and go wow man this person they play a little dirty a little under the table and look at how much money they're making I better do that or man this person they're, they're, they're doing this thing and they're getting all these friends I should do that even though it's not right, but it'll it'll get me popularity. Don't let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord, for this intimacy, this this, this submitting to Jesus. 100% on fire for Jesus. Now, Now, you might be saying, well, how can I do that? How can sometimes, I don't feel like it. I don't feel passionate about Jesus. I don't want to do this. I, I, you know, it's, you just get dry and stuck sometimes. And so you let your heart kind of wander into that, that dry, desert, hard land. Like, so how do I get beyond that? Well, I, I think it's, it's a choice that we make in, in all our decisions. Are we going to submit to, to Jesus, to his, to his word, to his spirit, to his leading? You see, whatever you commit to be passionate about, you won't be passionate about all the time. You've got to press ahead. Some of you guys have been athletes. You might understand that, especially if you've been a, a good athlete. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I used to wrestle. Did I ever mention that ever here? I can't remember. If you didn't, I did wrestle, okay? And I was passionate about it. And I, I was passionate. I wanted to be the best. And so I... Uh, You know, you have to be passionate to try to get up to be the best. And never quite got there, but I was close. And, And so there were all these times where... You know, you had to work harder than everybody else. And you didn't feel like Like, sure, when the coach gave this inspiring talk, you would, you, you could run through a mountain when, when, when you know, you, you were watching something and it got, you know, rocky and you'd be all fired up to work out and all these different things. But there were the dry, hard times when no one was looking, when, when you had to get up early to, to work out outside of everybody else because you wanted to be better than everybody else. Or you, know, you just had to press ahead after practice to do something special and different. You had to do it, you know, like be passionate about how you ate every day, every minute because of the weight classes. And so what you had to do to stay passionate is make a commitment that says, even though I don't feel like it at this moment, I'm seeing the big picture and I want that. And I'm willing to make choices in the quiet corners to get there, even when it's the hardest choice on the table. When you and I have that kind of passion for Jesus, it changes the condition of our soul. It softens it. And an intimacy with God, a peace with God that passes all understanding, fills our heart and mind. See, a hard heart doesn't sense the Lord's moves. When our heart gets hard, it it doesn't hear his voice in those quiet corners. It misses nudges. It becomes self-centered. A hard heart has has an angry edge to it. There's a lack of compassion. When our heart gets hard, we ignore the sin in our life. And we give it a pass, and we st- build that path stronger. Now, a soft heart is flowing with the Holy Spirit. That there, in that soft heart, there's there is comfort, there is joy, there is peace, there is intimacy with our Creator. And the soft heart, the, the Holy Spirit's conviction, his presence, his leading is, 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 is rich. So Moses had a soft heart. He engaged God. Pharaoh had a hard heart. He shut God out. Now, anybody who read these passages, maybe you're thinking there's places in the passages where it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I want you to understand that phrase because sometimes you think, oh, Pharaoh had no play in this. If you watch it and read it carefully, in the beginning times... It says Pharaoh hardened his heart. Later, says God, at that time the difference was we make the choice, and He basically let Pharaoh go ahead. I read it as if at those later stages, God's pulled His grace from Pharaoh. You want that, you get that, and just went down a darker and darker path. So here's my second point: the condition of our heart changes our destiny. And those around us. I mean look at Pharaoh right. Let me, let me read you from. Uh, Exodus 5. Now, Moses has been in Midian. And he gets this call from. From God. He wrestles with it. See having a soft heart doesn't mean. You get it right away. But you keep pressing on until you get it. And he. he, he but he says yes to God. And then he hooks up with Aaron. And they go to Pharaoh. And we pick it up there as they've gone to Pharaoh now and asking for Pharaoh to allow his people to go and worship. After Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. He's not submitting to the call of God, the purposes of God. He has this hard heart. He's closed off. He makes that choice. And he, 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 he reacts opposite of what someone with a soft heart would do. He closes off. Look at it a little bit later. It says Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Because what he does. Pharaoh, after he says this, he's so angry, so self-centered, he says, I'll tell you what, I'm not even going to let them go. I'm going to make them continue to make the bricks, but we're not even going to provide them the the, the straw to do it. That they have to now go out and find it. And their quota isn't changing. He just like shams it back in their face. He says, man, now I'm going to make your life even more miserable. Hard hearts affect the people around them. And Moses returned to the Lord and says, Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people. The hard heart spreads hardship to those around him. Just think about how much pain Pharaoh released in his own life and the life of others. I mean right think right if he had said if he had a soft heart and god's leading his people to go out and worship and you know lead him to free he you know if he had a soft heart, that's great go and do it and everybody would have been blessed but because of his hard heart and saying no to god now all these plagues these curses of god are are released they're released because of his hard heart Could you imagine being someone, just some Egyptian minding their own business, working your little store on the corner, and your water turns to blood, and you're thirsty, and you want to wash, and you can't wash, and it's just awful. Or there's this release of, you know, millions, billions of frogs on your land, and there's frogs in the bathtub, and frogs in your rice, and it would have been awful. You know, like, like lice. I don't know if you've ever had lice, but it's—it's it's this awful feeling I hear that and, and, and everybody would have had it. it would have been all over and everywhere, every scratching and itching and uncomfortable, the—the uh, uh, the plague of boils, that their whole bodies were cursed with boils from foot to head. How painful that was! How annoying that was! How business had to stop! How how life had to stop! you imagine being pregnant and be having your whole body full of boils? I mean, because of his hard heart, everybody suffered. The flies, the hell, the locusts, the darkness. The ultimate plague of the death of the firstborn son for those who didn't submit to what God was calling Pharaoh's hard heart inflicted pain across the land. But Moses, Moses had a soft heart. Listen to what the New Testament says about Moses. This is, this is the Holy Scripture description of Moses. It's in the book of Hebrews. And talking about Moses, so Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. He had a soft heart. He wanted intimacy with God, submission to God. And it wasn't about comfort. He could add comfort. He was in the inner circle. He was considered and treated like son of Pharaoh, the most powerful one in the land. I mean, he had it made. And he chose to follow a soft heart towards God. And it led him out to To the desert and Midian and service and really humility to to what he had to go through. And then called back and risking everything. But he considered connection with Jesus more important than everything. He was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. A soft heart comes from intimacy with Jesus. It it led him forward, and it impacted a million slaves. That's what historians tell us. (laughs) Let me read to you what Exodus says. Moses' soft heart led him to radical obedience. And so Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. With great risk. He did this. He relied, leaped in faith every time he went to announce a new plague. At any time, Pharaoh could have just had his guards shoot him, kill him. But he was reliant on the power of God. And it worked. You know, his soft heart changed his destiny and that of all of Israel. He brought freedom and justice to a million plus people who were being oppressed and beaten and having life drained out of them. His soft heart changed their existence. He was able to lead God's people into the promised land. I'll tell you what, when you have a soft heart, God will use you in your family. He'll use you in your community, at your work site, in your school. Soft hearts impact others. Hard hearts wreck the cost out of those around them. You know, I've seen this play out in pastors' lives. You know, if you pay attention at all to the news, it seems like way too often we're reading about some famous pastor having a moral failure. You go, how does that happen? What's going on there? And in my new role, over the last year and a half, I've literally sat down with hundreds of pastors sat had intimate, honest conversations hearing stories of what happened in the past, you know, mostly in a vineyard context, but understanding things in a new level, and it's a difference between letting your heart be hard or soft. Let me give you an example. This one particular area years ago, there was this move of the Holy Spirit that was incredible. People all over were getting saved. The power of God was there. There there was this incredible level of healing. I mean, supernatural healing, prophetic words that were incredible. It was just, just sometimes the power of God moves in incredible ways. And it was in this area at that time to a level that was just remarkable. I mean, sociologists called it a revival, and it was happening. And I met people that were in that. And there's a story of these two pastors that contrast. They were both, they were, their, their churches were literally about five miles apart, which is like four hours in Southern California with traffic. But they were close in, in ge- geography. But the way they responded was worlds apart. God was moving powerfully in both of their lives and their churches. But the one began to come self-reliant, began to read his own headlines, began to become full of himself, began to push away God, began to think that he deserved this, that, and the other thing. He crossed lines and his heart got hard. And at one point, it just, well, a hard heart will always lead you into a destructive place. An affair, an addiction, uh, a broken behavior, thieving, you know, uh, uh, stealing, all of it led him to a spot, and it all got exposed, and it tumbled, and his life was a mess. This other guy kept his head down, his eyes focused on Jesus, and just kept simple and humble, kept serving, and God called him. He had a great thing going on. God called him to an Uh, unreached people group in other nations, serve there literally, verifiably, has seen his ministry and his efforts and his generosity, this one group of people, lead to like over 10,000 people saved. I mean, it's an incredible move of God. He's still there, still simply pressing ahead, and God is still blessing him and his church. He kept his heart soft. He kept seeking Jesus. He kept looking for what is, what is pulling me away from the Lord. What, how am I going to stay focused and passionate and did the hard things in the quiet corners? See, when we read about these famous pastors who fall, it's because they didn't do that, and they let their hearts get hard. It happens to pastors. It happens to plumbers. It happens to presidents. It happens to people who sell purple (laughs) bracelet. No, bracelets, that's a B. It happens to us all. So here's my last point. Here's the big question. Where is your heart? What condition is your heart in? Is your heart hard? Or is it soft? Is, is it hot? Or is it cold or lukewarm? Are you pressing towards Jesus or pulling away? You see, Jesus wants you to be on fire. He wants you 100% in. that, that we're, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our mind, that this isn't a partial thing. Following Jesus isn't just a a, a section of our life. It needs to absorb our whole life. That it isn't something we do and then put on a shelf and say that's done until the next time, like a vitamin pill. But this is the essence of our life, the core of our life. And it's when we're in that spot, our heart is soft, Our faith is up, that God moves in way from the inside out in our lives. We're called to do that. Let me read you something for the book of Revelation. And it's when uh, Jesus is speaking to the Apostle John and giving him these different pictures of, of these different churches and groups of people. And talking to this one, he says this. These are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. He's saying, these are my words. Jesus is the amen, the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. And he oversees all of creation. He says, I know your deeds. <laughs> Sometimes we read scripture too fast. Meditate on that for a minute. That's good news, bad news. Like, man, he loves me. He knows what's going on in my life. Oh crap. <laughs> he knows what's going on in my life. I know your deeds. And he says to this group of people, listen to this. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're a lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my y- mouth. Like, like you're useless. You, you taste bad to me. See, hot or cold is about being passionate. that, that hot and cold water, those extremes, have, have certain strengths. There's passion, there's stirring. Lukewarm is just, ugh, it's middle of the road. It's, it, it's, it's 10% kind of life. And Jesus is saying, no, I want you on fire. I want you given over. I call you to this radical life. A new and fresh life. And then, though, here's the good news again. God is so gracious. He says some things, and then we see the grace come. As he points out, look at you're not in this hot spot, but I want you there. He says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. If you're in this room now and you're feeling the stirring of conviction of the Holy Spirit, it's not because God's mad at you. It's because he loves you. And he wants what's best for you. (sighs) And Because he loves you so much, he can't let you drown in a sea of mediocrity you passionate because it's best for you those whom I love I rebuke and discipline so be earnest and repent repent just means change your way turn around and make the appropriate steps you need to make here I am I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I'll come in and eat with the that person they with me see here's the deal He's pursuing you because he loves you and he wants you to have enjoyment and the greatness of having a passionate life, of having a sold out life, that as you move through him with a soft heart, God leads and blesses and there is joy and peace in those places. That's what he wants for you. And he's knocking and saying, come on, I'm here. Let's do this together. And so I want to give Jesus an opportunity to do that. As one last verse. Let me just throw this in. I almost forgot it. Here's my closing thought to this. In Proverbs it says this, above all else. I mean, it's saying this is a big deal. This is top of the heap. This is, you know, if, if you don't catch anything, catch this. Above all else, guard your heart. That means know its condition, respond to its condition, protect it for the move of the Holy Spirit, a submission to Jesus. Do what it needs. And why should we, above all else, guard our heart? For everything you do flows from it. This is a a life-saving or a life-destroying decision. And I want to invite Jesus to speak to each one of us. To What is the condition of our heart? So what I want you to do right now is just put everything aside. You know, if you have things in your hand, put them down. Um, just sit, get comfortable in your seat. I want you all to close your eyes. If you're watching online, you can do this as well. Close your eyes, just cut off all the Distractions. We sit here now. We are in the presence of the very spirit of God, and Jesus is here. And to just take a moment, as you settle in, settle into that truth, just take a deep breath in of the presence of God and hold it. Just I breathe you in, Jesus. Hold it for a moment. Just slowly breathe out the anxiety of the day. one more time just a, a deep breath into the peace of God just exhale that that stress of, of life as you sit here in the presence of Jesus i want you to picture Jesus walking over towards you. As he comes towards you, you you feel the sense of authority and power and strength he has. He's big and sure. But as he comes close, you also see you look into his eyes, you see these eyes of love. He's glad to see you, this smile on his face towards you. As he comes to you, I want you to hear him say to you, I love you. I want what is best for you. sink deep into your heart. He wants what's best for you. As you sit there before him in the quietness of your heart, right now I want you to ask him. Say, Jesus, where is my heart What have I put before you? Ask Him that sincerely and listen for Him to impress you with something. Some of you, maybe all of you, something quickly came to your mind. It may have been a relationship, it may have been a behavior, maybe a possession. But whatever came to your mind, that was the Holy Spirit speaking to you out of love. I want you now to commit. To do what Jesus is asking you to do with that person, that thing, that habit, that behavior. Make the promise you need to make right now to Jesus. Now, I pray, Jesus, that you'd give each one of us a wave of your grace to make the steps we need to make. I pray that you'd help each one of us strip away the things that make our hearts cold. I pray you'd take away and help us give the strength to push off the things that block us from you. I pray, Lord, that you would stern our hearts and make them soft. And full of passion for you. I pray my Lord. That we would be hot or cold. But we would not be lukewarm. May we become a people. Who are passionate for you. And your purposes. Amen. Amen. Why don't we all stand. And before I pray the close, um, first I just want to let you know there's a a little ministry fair going out there. If you're not serving in some way, go over there. That's one of the ways to keep your heart soft is serving other people. And so check out what they got. I think a bunch of them actually have candy. So if you got a little sweet tooth, act interested. For 30 seconds, you can get a candy bar. Okay? Also, I felt like the Lord uh, highlighted a couple of things to me that are especially you got stirred on. I saw one picture of someone just hanging on to, like almost like a cartoon bag of cash. And there's something going on with your finances where you know that you are are, are um, not submitting, not being obedient to God. And so, the lords I think he highlighted that to say, I see and I, Calling you out in that, and I also felt that there was a a picture of someone. It was a friendship. It wasn't a marriage. It wasn't. uh, It was. It was though a friend, and this person, that this friend, keeps pulling you off, away from the Lord. And I think the Lord is telling you, you need to, you need to move away from that friendship that is destroying your soul. And so, you know, if those are yours, that's just God highlighting it for you. I want to let you know the prayer teams will be up here to pray for anybody about anything. Let me pray to close. Jesus, thank you so much for your grace towards us and help us to be a passionate people. Amen. Amen. God bless you.